When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Guys, welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the football show extra. We're here again for the second time this week. We are going to talk uh, some candidates for the Cardiff City show. Uh, uh, so, yeah, as usual, uh, well, as for a change, we're exclusively on Facebook this evening. Try not to clog up the YouTube channel too much. Um, so we're going to try something different. Why not? Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about all the different candidates, what's going on. Maybe some rumours, this, that and the other. Latest from the, maybe some championship news. Just some general stuff. It's basically some bonus additional content to go alongside the football show, which comes out every Thursday, Roger Giggs on Football. Please do check that out. If you'd like to watch it live, you can watch it by becoming a member at patreon.com slash acepodcastnation, which you'll see below. Price of a cup of coffee. You get all sorts of interesting content and uh, free stuff, exclusive stuff, discounts on merch and all that sort of stuff, um, including a new show, which will actually be filmed, the first one on Monday, called The Great, the Big Debate, uh, which we'll, we talked about, uh, we debated uh, VAR. Should it, was the football better off without it or with it? Should it stay? Should it go? And also we debated social media. Was the world better without it? Was it not? That will be available on YouTube to everybody next Thursday. Uh, but it'll be a week behind. If you want to get involved live, got to be a member. Just the way it goes. Helps the channel keep ticking over. Keeps the channel going. See the address below me. But there, please do sign up. And uh, like I said, if we have a few additional 
members over the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll bring back a, a, a championship show of some sort. Basically, that's what we'll go for. Um, so, guys and girls, lots to talk about. But while we wait for uh, some of the the latecomers, the stragglers, and all you know, all that, the, just the people who are not on time, as it were, um, I've got a question which I want to ask you. It's a non-football question. I'm going to ask it now, and then I'm going to ask another one later on, um, and then we'll come back to the answers at the end. But my first question to you guys is: Which song? Over history, it could be any song, any genre. Um, was like a song which the first time you heard it gave you just like a spine chilling reaction that you just could not, you just couldn't, uh, you just always remember that reaction. Um, for me, there's two um, Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit, and uh, also The Doors, The End, two absolute classic songs. Both gave me that sort of spine-chilling reaction the first time I heard them. Um, and, yeah, we'll come back to that. We'll get some answers off people and stuff, and we'll uh, we'll come back to it at a later date or later on in the show, should I say. But um, there's lots of uh, lots of candidates for Cardiff, some good, some bad. It's going to be interesting which direction they go in. Uh, as always, with the old one-man show, looking for your... Uh, your input really and um always looking for questions subjects stuff like that um might have someone join me in a, in a little while um we'll see though i'm not sure if he's available yet um so yeah it's uh, it's all good but send your questions send your suggestions who do you want to see as the as the cardiff manager um and i'll give you my opinion on them as you as you drop them so let's have a look at the uh spurs in the kitchen mate i'm live aiden shut the door please and as as always when you're live can get interrupted by your children but there we go always good um so there is lots and lots of different uh different types of managers on the list all sorts of people and uh, i'm kind of interested in some of them and some of them not so much. Nathan Jones is the favourite. Sean Dice second. Neil Warnock is third. Tony Pullis. Paul Warren, who we talked about a bit on Monday. Uh, Mark Hudson, current caretaker manager. Anthony Barry. Michael Carrick. Stephen Schumacher. And Kieran McKenna are the, the kind of leading candidates on there. Um, so I'm kind of interested by that. Uh, Matthew says, any rumours on any incidents happening behind the scenes on to why they sacked Morrison? Um, I've heard a few different rumours from different people. Um, nothing really. The people who I spoke to who would know, nothing from them, unfortunately. So it is all rumours. I did hear that um, there was some sort of bust up after the game on Saturday. Um, and then someone from within the dressing room had gone to someone higher up and kind of complained about it or reported it or whatever. I you know, obviously don't know the nature of it and stuff like that. What I can say is the players who played Saturday after that performance, they would they deserved the hairdryer treatment. They deserved a bit of a rollicking. So if they if that you know if it was a bit of a rollicking, you know, nothing over the line, just a bit of a you know hairdryer. And then someone's kind of got the hump. That's poor because 
they deserved it. It was a poor performance and they deserved a bit of a, a rollick. And they've taken some plaudits for the way they've started to play football this year. So when they play badly, they have to accept that as well. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I'm sure we'll, there'll be more rumours as, as time goes on. That's really the main one I heard. I don't know. Again, but then you say that and like the way I just said it, it seems like all oh, footballers being soft and why are they complaining about that? But it actually might not have been that. It could have been something, something, something much more serious could have occurred, which they had no choice to, but to sack him it, because it's rumours. It's very, there's nothing to be gained by speculating, I think. And it's also unfair on the people involved. It's unfair on the players. It's unfair on the manager to speculate because it could quite literally be anything and nothing. They could have made the decision from football reasons, the results, I suppose. It would be an odd one, let's be honest. We discussed on Monday how Cardiff have got a history of taking ages to sack managers and to leaving it too late, like it being five games and too late when they finally sack the managers. So it would be weird if it was they sacked him because of the results, let's be honest. But I don't think it's fair... To Steve Morrison, I don't think it's fair to the people in that dressing room to speculate on this, that and the other. So you won't find that. Yeah, if you want speculation, I'm sure there's... And or When I say speculation, um, I mean wild rumours which could potentially damage people's reputation or portray people in a way that hasn't happened. Like, you won't find that here. You won't find clickbait and shit here. Like, and I'm sorry, if that's what you're looking for, you probably got to go somewhere else what i will do is i will talk about stuff we'll always talk about things which happen and we'll discuss it and we'll kind of hypothesize where they may go from now what what could have happened maybe but without you know tainting individuals as it were um look to me i said it on monday the fact they've sacked him to me says something something has happened whether it's been over the weekend or it's been a breakdown in the relationship over the last couple of weeks, because it's so weird to sign 20 odd players for a manager and then sack him. It's weird to back him and then sack him. It's weird to give him money after you said on this channel, Chairman Mehmet Dalman said it was unlikely they were going to spend, spend money in this transfer window. It, next transfer window they, or the next summer, they were looking to then get back into spending some cash. They went and bought him a striker, which he wanted, and then sacked him. So it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, Matthew says, Nathan Jones seems to be the front runner. Someone said he signed he hasn't long signed a five-year deal at Luton. Not sure how true it is, so it would, sure would cost us. They've sacked him because of performances. Surely you'd think Hudson and Cole would have to go. Um, so a couple of things on that. Nathan Jones uh, has recently signed a five-year deal. Um but managerial contracts are so weird. Like they're just not as not the same as player contracts in any way. Like I, what I and what I said, I I stick by what I said on Monday. Is if Nathan Jones wants the job and Cardiff want him, and he goes to Lewin and says, "Look, I want Lewin. I want the Cardiff job. They want me. Can you release me from my contract?" Yes, you know they'll have a figure and and blah blah blah. It comes down to then, really, like how good Nathan Jones's relationship is with Luton. If they stick to it and they sort of put their foot down, they might say, no, you signed a five-year deal quite recently. 
So you ain't going nowhere. They may also say, yeah, you can go, but it'll cost this much. They're kind of in the in the driving seat. And also, uh, Matthew, I discussed on Monday was that Nathan Jones had his fingers burnt by going from Luton to a bigger job, perceived bigger job, when he went to Stoke. So whilst, yes, I think there's slightly difference because it's Cardiff and he's a, he's a Cardiff fan, he's a Cardiff boy, or he's a Welsh boy, it's... He has had his finger burnt by leaving Luton for a bigger perceived green. The grass isn't always greener, as they say. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. He'd probably be my preference. One of the things that, which I will reiterate, which I said Monday, was, in my opinion, for Cardiff to get the fans on side, on side there is only two candidates who will do that. Um, and I saw on the new, in the newspaper... Uh, yesterday, I think it was, or it might have been Wales Online, or someone like a journalist tweeted it, maybe, I don't know. Um, they said uh, Sol Bamba would be one of the only choices they could do to get the fans on side. And I said on Monday, and I, again, I stick by that, I think that one is a mistake, and two, I don't think I think that create would create a massive 50-50 split because I think, yeah, there'll be a portion of Cardiff fans who'd be happy with it, you know, people would back him because he's Sol Bamba and he's a legend, blah, blah, blah. But also, I think people understand football to it, you know, he's, he's he's not ready for this that level of job. He's just not. He's And it's it's a big risk. Now, I say that, but then I also say the two names who I think are the only people who would keep Cardiff fans happy, or certainly happy-ish, would be Nathan Jones, Cardiff boy, Welsh boy, he's going to do the fist pumping, he's going to be passionate, he's going to be like, he's going to get the fans up for it, he's, people can relate to him and he's used to working on a budget so there's that the other one is Craig Bellamy but, and there's a big but with that, never been a manager, only a coach he's done a very good job where he's been, he's doing a very excellent job with Cardiff's Academy, he was the catalyst for where it is now um but as i discussed again on monday like cardiff didn't back him when there was a complaint made against him they left it hanging over his head he eventually left the football club i don't know whether he would want to work under this board i don't i don't know um he's doing another interview with the central club and oh he's done it but he's is out in a couple of weeks and I think he discussed that so I would urge you guys to check out the Central Club shout out to Cullen because that's a really good get um, so I'm sure or hopefully in that interview he'll say whether he would work with the, the that, this board or not or whether he would refuse to I don't know I'm guessing as we said um, but they're the two I think would keep the majority happy I think all the other candidates there's like a split of people. Some would want him, some wouldn't. Some would be happy, some wouldn't. Um, Lee Croft there in the chat says, Sol Bamba, um, as a, Sol as director of football position, not the manager, but the link between the board of the football side. Yeah, I could see that. Like one of, one of the criticisms which is levelled at the football club and the board, uh, the higher-ups, whatever you want to call them, is that there's no football people up there. There's no one who genuinely knows football making the decisions. And yeah, they've got this transfer committee and blah, blah, blah. But like when they've sacked Sean Mar uh, Steve Morrison, 
there's no one with any real football knowledge who's made been in on that decision. So if they've made the decision, say as Mehmet Dalman and uh, Vincent Tan and Kenneth Cho and whoever else, if they've made that decision to sack Steve Morrison, there's no one in there who's understands football. And there's no one in there who's got a real football brain who would say, hang on a minute, let's not jump to conclusions. We've just brought in nearly 20 players. It's going to take time. They're all, you know, there's a big portion of the squad which is very young. It is going to take time. And when I say it's going to take time, it could take, you know, 18 months before they're really playing at their full potential. And this is why the decision is so weird. So I agree with you, Lee. A director of football type role wouldn't be a bad shout, particularly if you brought in someone like... Um, so let's have a look at the list. Mark Hudson, if he was to get the job full-time, I think a director of football-type person above him would be a fantastic idea. Saying Michael Carrick or anyone, you know, any young manager having that sort of figure above them would work well. If you look at some of the more experienced or recognised managers or established managers on that list of candidates, I'm not sure some of them would work with a director of football. So like a Sean Dyche, are you going to give Sean Dyche the job and then tell him, oh, actually, Sol Bamba is going to be ahead of uh, like above you? No, I don't think he's going to go for that. Tony Pullis, the same, Neil Warnock. Um, you know, even like a, a Paul Warren. Paul Warren's got a very established team of people which he works with. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Let's go through the candidates which are on this list, which is off Sky Bet. But, um, you know, I'm happy to discuss other candidates who are not on this list. So please do, um, you know, chuck them in and we'll have a little chat. Um, shall we start from the, let's start from the outsiders in, because we've talked about Nathan Jones a little bit. So we'll, we'll, let's let's go that way. Um I am fascinated by some of these names and horrified in the same breath, but there we go. So Kira McKenna um, is the the outsider of the pack, 20 to 1. Um, I find this interesting because from a footballing point of view, I know he's got a very good reputation as a coach. Obviously, uh, had a role at Manchester United uh, most recently where he's assistant manager. Um Look, he's got a tremendous coaching football uh, pedigree. Played for Tottenham Hotspur for maybe seven years. Uh, he played Northern Ireland international level up to under-21s. He also then, as a coach, has been Tottenham under-18 manager, Manchester United under-18 manager, Manchester United assistant manager, and then he's now Ipswich Town. So... From a, a footballing pedigree, obviously he's got a bit of experience there. Likes to play football the right way. I think that is, there's a reason it's an outsider. I think it's a risk. I think he hasn't done probably enough to warrant that risk at the moment. Um, so I think that is certainly something which... I, to me, I'd be shocked if I'd be shocked if Kira McKenna was even like heavily considered. Maybe you know, maybe he gets uh, an interview 
why not? You know, you should speak to all all comers. Why not? I absolutely believe that. I don't think he's a very realistic realistic choice. He's doing a decent job at Ipswich, though. Um, next on the list at sixteen to one, Stephen Schumacher. Very interesting choice. The Scouser, uh, currently manager of Plymouth Argyle. Career-wise, his playing career sort of started his career at Everton and didn't make any first-team appearances and then moved around kind of League One, League Two, non-league. You know, had a very, made over 425 first-team appearances, um, scored a few goals, great stuff, played England youth. But in terms of his coaching, he was doing some academy work with Everton. Then he did Southport and Burry as caretaker, first-team coach. Assistant manager at Plymouth, then manager. Again, plays some good football. Um, very highly thought of by his peers. But if you're Vincent Tan or Mehmet Dalman or Kenneth Cho, is Stephen Schumacher going to be your choice? I'm not so sure. But I'm interested in what you guys think of those first uh, first two choices, like whether they're... They float your boats. Whether they think, whether you think they um, would be a good choice, I'm interested by uh, by your guys. Please do share the link as well, guys, so we can uh, get some of those people back from Monday. And because uh, I announced this one quite late in the day, I only decided to do it today. Um, next on the list is Michael Carrick. Now this one's really interesting to me for uh, a weird reason. Well, not a weird reason if you think about it, but that's what it's interesting to me because I've got a nasty feeling that uh, Vincent Tan would love nothing more than to give Michael Carrick the job. We saw with the way they appointed Solskjaer, like they do want a big name, but they want a big name on a budget. Like they want the 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 headlines of having the big name, the ex-Manchester United, ex-England midfielder, but they don't want to pay the wages and they don't want to give him a big budget. Michael Michael Carrick, very, 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 very highly rated manager, obviously, uh, very highly rated coach, sorry. Excellent, uh, excellent footballer. Very underrated footballer, in my opinion. But, again, where Cardiff are now, can you imagine... Michael Carrick, I mean, you just don't know, do you? Because until someone takes a punt on these guys, you just don't know how they're going to do. Did quite well as caretaker of Manchester United for a couple of games. But until a team takes a gamble on a Michael Carrick or some of these other players, you just don't know how they're going to do. Um, in my opinion, uh, is he the right choice? Probably not. But out of the list, I would rather have Michael Carrick than some of the other names which we're going to discuss in a minute, which are higher up the list. Basically, I think if you were going to give Michael Carrick three years and he had someone working above him as director of football to be a buffer between the board and the football side, I think Michael Carrick could be successful, could because we don't know until someone takes a risk on him. Um, depends on you know who he brings in, how he does. Will the player? The players would respect him. I think it's fair to say he's done won everything in the game, done it all. So of course, you know he'd have the players' respect. 
Um, would he then, you know, would he be up to it? I don't know. And we'll never know until a team takes a punt. I don't think Cardiff would pay the money which would be required anyway, because I think he'd be on a fairly big wage and I think he'd want money ultimately. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. Interesting though. Um, I'm interested in you guys as well. Tell me if there was a, Yeah, that's a tremendous point, Lee, actually. Lee says, if Carrick was keen to come, would he speak to Ollie first, who may well put him off coming? Yes, that's an excellent point because, obviously, he was Ollie's assistant. Um, so, you know, the first conversation they're going to have is, as was, as Mehmet Dalman uh, revealed in some ways when he avoided the question that I asked him, when I asked him, did Vincent Tan interfere in team selection? When Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was in charge, he said, next question. It was the only question that he has ever refused to answer to me. Now, obviously, it requires a little bit of speculation. But to me, there's a reason why he wouldn't answer that question. Um, so if you're Michael Carrick, you phone up Oli Gunnar Solskjaer or whatever, and you say, Oli, um, I've been offered the Cardiff job. What do you think? And he says, uh, is Vincent Tan and the rest of them still there? Yes, I'd probably swerve it and again ian curtis makes the spot on point which is what i just said a few minutes ago like could we afford him no and i think that's what it comes down to um but again like i said he's not the worst choice of the list of people and oh yeah and again like lee makes a good point he says michael carrick's a multi-millionaire wouldn't it wouldn't it be about money surely it would be about building his re reputation and i mean yeah like that kind of speaks to the point i've made just a minute ago like we'll never know if michael carrick's going to cut it as a manager until a club takes a punt on these play on people like him and i think whether that's cardiff or someone else someone will take a punt on him and they will take a gamble and it may come off it may not we've seen you know some managers have come out of the game succeed some don't i think I think he's got the potential to do quite well, but is he is he the right guy for Cardiff now? Not so sure. And again, don't think we pay his wages. Don't think we've got the money to pay his wages, and we certainly wouldn't give him the budget that he wants after we've just signed nearly twenty players. Not going to happen. Um, next on the list is Anthony Barry, sixteen to one. So Anthony Barry is an, an a really really interesting one. Another scouser. We won't hold that against him. Just kidding. Um, again, playing career fairly, you know, pretty good. He's made over nearly three hundred appearances. He, you know, played for Wrexham and Accrington and kind of knocked around, knocked around all these different um, clubs. But teams where he's been, you know, manager he's, or coach, sorry, uh, two teams since 2020, he's been first team coach at Chelsea. Very good club to, you know, cut your teeth. And then he's currently, I believe, the he left the Irish setup. Um, he was in a part-time role where he combined his role with Chelsea and he left that to join Belgium's coaching team and if you look at some of the people who were on that Belgium coaching team and have been on the Belgium coaching team over the last few years it's pretty um it's a pretty elite list of coaches 
So the fact that he's in there, left his job with Ireland to do it, it speaks to how people within the game view him. Um, I've got to be honest, I don't know a great deal about him. You know, I don't know the way, but, you know, look, Chelsea and Belgium both play tremendous football. Ireland, Republic of Ireland, tried to play football. So you'd imagine that, that his philosophy would be something in line with those those things. You'd imagine so. So it's a weird one. Um, I would imagine that probably wouldn't demand a great deal in wages. Although you never know because he's been at Chelsea in Belgium. So I guess if he's as highly rated as he seems, maybe he would demand a lot of wages. Um, that's a It's a weird one to me. I don't see it, but I'm interested in what you guys think. Um, so, so far we've talked Kieran McKenna, Stephen Schumacher, Michael Carrick, Anthony Barry. Out of those four, if you had to pick one of them to be the next Cardiff City manager, who are you picking? Um, in the meantime, we'll go to some, let's go to some uh, comments. Ian Curtis says, um, he, uh, Michael Carrick would want his backroom staff with him. The thing is, Morrison's backroom staff are still at the club. Usually they bomb them all off as they go with him out the door. So probably tells us something else has gone on within the club from Morrison to above. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, maybe something happened after the game Saturday. It's, uh, it's a weird one. But, um, I understand keeping Mark Hudson in charge. He's done a caretaker job before twice with Huddersfield Town. Did a very good job when he did it. Um, so I understand keeping him in place. But you're right. Normally, once the manager goes, the staff go with him, which maybe indicates that the problem wasn't with the overall picture. Maybe it was an issue with Morrison and the board. We just don't know. Lee says, um, Mehmet Dalman would love Michael Carrick to come in due to his love of Man United. Yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. Um, Garen Cole says the last thing we need at the moment is to gamble on an inexperienced manager. So, Garen, I don't disagree with you. However, in my opinion, the last thing we need to do is revert back to the tried and tested managers of, you know, the same managers, which always up for the same jobs. Your Mick McCarthy's, your, your Warnock's, your Tony Pullis. Sean Dyche, I don't quite put in there, but like those types of names who always get linked with all these jobs. I think if we were to go to someone like that, it would be a massive mistake, a massive mistake. So whilst I agree with you, I don't think going to like a, a Kieran McKenna or a Stephen Schumacher or even a Michael Carrick, don't think it's a very good idea. I think if you're going to go with, like I say, a Carrick, you have to get someone in that kind of director of football role or, or you create a job there. You can, you know, you, they're in charge of the football club. They can create a role. It doesn't have to be director of football. They can create a role which is a buffer between the football side and the business side, between the manager and the, the board, because there's a severe lack of football knowledge within that board. And the I think every, with the silence and the lack of communication that's going on from the football club at the moment after they've sacked the manager out of the blue, everybody's worried about that lack of knowledge and have they sacked him because of results? Because if that's the case, this seems like a real knee-jerk reaction. Doesn't feel, it just feels very strange. And you just, all and all the people, as I said earlier, all the people who've made that decision on that board, none of them have got any 
genuine out-and-out football experience in there. So if they've made that decision on results, that's a problem. However, as I said, and as uh, a few of you have said, it seems like something's happened for it to to, to go that way. Next on the list um, is current caretaker manager Mark Hudson. Now, Mark Hudson's a real interesting one to me. Obviously, I spoke with Mark uh, very recently on the show. Um, if you haven't checked that out, go back and check it out on the YouTube channel. Um, it's kind of a inter- really interesting chat. And like with hindsight now, we talked a lot about like when we talked about how they bring in players, the Sean Mar- uh, Steve Morrison and all the, the team, all the coaches, how much detail they go into about signing every single player. So when you think about how many players they've signed, that painstaking detail, which has gone into every deal, is incredible that they would get rid of the manager. Um, I can't speak highly enough of Mark Hudson as a person. Um, absolute diamond, genuine, superb person. Really got a lot of time for him. Um, does that mean that he's the right choice for Cardiff City? No, of course it doesn't. Um, look, he made nearly 150 appearances for the club um, over a, a number of years. He's done a caretaker appearance, uh, caretaker job at Huddersfield twice and did a very good job when he did it. Uh, made no secret he would like to be a manager one day, same as Dan Pearson, the 23s. They, these guys, are, you know, they're getting ready to be managers. Would Mark Hudson want the job full-time? Is he ready to be a manager? I don't know. Don't know the answer to that. Um I think again, obviously we'll see with Mark Hudson, he's slightly different from all the other candidates because what Mark Hudson has is an advantage and a disadvantage. Is one, if the first couple of games of his caretaker role go badly, might not even get an interview. If it goes well, he might not even need to interview. So it's really fascinating. Like, so here's the thing. If Steve Morrison has fallen out with the board and it's got nothing to do with results, nothing to do with performances, it's a purely Steve Morrison versus the board decision for whatever whatever's happened. Something's happened. Something's been said. Can't go back from it. He's been sacked. If that's the case and everyone else on that coaching team is completely separate from it, Maybe Mark Hudson is the best choice because you get the continuity of keeping all coaching staff. Obviously, they'll probably add in an assistant or a first-team coach to replace Mark moving up. So you get that continuity. We saw um, the Irish lad. Oh, what's his name? Uh, O'Dowder, is it? Um, said that he wasn't happy. He was interviewed while on international duty. You could tell he was not impressed. Like these players have bought in to Steve Morrison and, and the people, when they signed for the club, they'd have spoken to Steve Morrison or they'd have spoken to Mark Hudson. They had laid out their plans for the football club over the next few years. They, and look, we, we all thought we were building towards something. I've said multiple times in recent weeks on the show with Rodri, I don't think Cardiff are going to go down. I don't think we're going to go up. I think next year that we're, we're going to be in a good position to have a really big, big push. Maybe we'll bring in one or two to go with the players that are there now. And they'll all have played together for a year. 
all the young players will have had another full season of playing week in, week out, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and we'll be set. And I really felt like under Steve Morrison, we were set for a good push next year. So if Steve Morrison is separate from the court, from the board, uh, from the coaching staff in this instant, and he's been sacked for something which has gone on, then maybe, just maybe, Mark Hudson is the best choice from the playing point of view. The players, maybe they, I don't know. And again, it's a bit of speculation and stuff, but it's an interesting one. Um, for me, out of all those names, which we've gone through so far, my preferred choice would be Hudson, if it was only out of those names, probably with Carrick in second. I'd rather go with a with a Mark Hudson, someone who knows the club, someone who's familiar with the players and can work from that basis. Whereas someone like a Michael Carrick is one going to bring in want to bring in his own staff, want to bring in his own players. All of the every any manager who comes in outside of Mark Hudson is going to want to bring in their own staff, want to bring in at least a few players of their own players who they trust. And most managers have got a handful of players who they take with them and, and want to take with them to different clubs. So we've just signed 20 players. There's a portion of those players who under the new manager may not be wanted, which is mind blowing. But as I said, we don't know what's happened. We don't know what's gone on. So Maybe we have to hold fire with that. I don't know. It's difficult. And the lack of communication from the football club makes it more difficult because it becomes frustrating. No explanation makes it frustrating. However, um, I will say, I've, as people know, as I talked about uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've tried really hard uh, over probably the, or since Mehmet Damkamar, I've been trying to get Steve Morrison on. Um, for whatever reason, didn't happen. And I don't think it will happen now because they fired him. But I heard from someone else who's spoken to him. Um, I've heard from a couple of people who've spoken to him, um, like journalists and whatever. And apparently he's got an, an NDA. So, you know, we're not going to hear from Steve Morrison anytime soon. The interesting thing with that is if we're not going to hear from Steve Morrison and we're not going to hear his side for anytime soon, why can't the football club just say, they don't have to go into detail, just say so, there was a disagreement, something happened, blah, 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 he was sacked. There was, it was, a, you know, we had to sack him or it was a no-win situation. And then you just go from there, at least the people know. Because at the moment, the fans don't know, they don't understand, they don't get why the, a manager was sacked so early into what was always going to be a bit of a transitional season. It's, it's a project and something which was being built over a number of years. It doesn't make sense. And the fans need... The club should tell the fans something, even if it is the bare minimum, in my opinion. And right, nice for Matthew. Uh, Matt said he's got to shoot, but he said um, he would go for Nathan Jones um, and do all we can to get him. Don't think Hudson is ready to take over yet. Catch up with you later. Uh, Lee Croft says Morrison brought in Hudson to the club as his choice to add to the backroom staff. So it's interesting what Huds thinks of what's going on. Uh, he will know more than us, obviously, and that will dictate whether he'd want it permanently. Yeah, I and I guess there's look, we always say, don't we? Um, 
there's no loyalty in football. But of course, Steve Morrison, Mark Hudson was one of his first appointments. They worked super closely over the years. No, uh, over the past, you know, eight months, year, whatever it is. So of course they will have a relationship. You know, no one knows what that relationship's like, and, and you know, whatever it is. Like Steve Morrison seems like a very prickly character sometimes in media press conferences, but I've also heard that he's not like that in real life. So I don't know, you know, who knows? But Mark Hudson, if he gets offered the job, would have to decide whether whatever he knows about the situation and whether, you know, he wants to take the job. And that would be a decision for him. It would be fascinating to see from the outside um, what's what. It's, uh, it's an interesting one. But I think from a continuity point of view, Mark Hudson wouldn't be the worst choice. But I also think that if Mark Hudson was manager, we absolutely have to have a director of football or someone similar to be a buffer between the squad and or the team and the board. Next on the list, at 10 to 1, is Paul Warren, current Rotherham United manager, doing absolutely phenomenal things at Rotherham as well. Um, promotions from League One, League Two. He got a promotion, I think. Um, didn't he get promoted? Did he get promotion with Yeovil to League? I'm not sure about that, but it's uh, interesting. Paul Warren is um, has been heavily rumored, um, or certainly talked about within the media. I've seen, um, rather um doing well at the moment I think everyone expected them maybe to be in that relegation battle at the end of the season but they've done they've started the season really well they play good football and um, interestingly they got a bit of a Cardiff link in that Richie Barker uh, Chris Barker's um, Chris Barker's brother uh, is he his, his assistant or one of his coaches? Uh, Lee says rumor on social media that Paul Warren's going to Derby. That's a really fascinating one. That is right because one of the things I was going to ask you guys about is um, with clubs now starting to sack managers, potential managers being sacked. How does that affect the Cardiff search for a manager? And obviously, then you've also got the World Cup coming, so there's a big break. Um, see. The Derby job is massive on paper, but the problems that they're having financially means they're not the Derby County of old. So there's no guarantee that Derby County get promoted back up to the championship from League One. No guarantee at all because they financially are in all sorts of trouble. So the would Paul Warren be better suited to stay in with Rotherham? I, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because even though Derby are in trouble, they're still a big football club. And um, I think it's got to be tempting. And he knows League One very well. Derby got off to a start. So they got off to an all right start in League One, I think. Played nine, won four, drawn a couple, lost three. They're seventh. So, I mean, you know, they're not doing terribly bad. So that'd be an interesting one. Wouldn't be for me personally, but I can understand all the logic of speaking to him, going for him. I could, I can understand why he's a very good choice for people. 
Um, next on the list, Tony Pulis at eight to one. Uh, mate, guys, I cannot tell you how much I do not want Tony Pulis, Pulis to be the manager of Cardiff City. Please, God, no. No disrespect to Tony. I admire greatly what he's done in the game. Um, his job at Stoke was just shown, and it was shown how good a job he did by how Stoke have done since he left. Because Stoke, he did such a good job that Stoke thought they could get rid of him and bring in someone to play football, like not realising that and uh, that Tony Pulis was doing this just amazing job for like seven years of keeping him in the Premier League and playing to his strengths and the team's strengths. And, and, and like, as soon as he went, boom, Stoke just went to pieces. And part of me kind of chuckled a bit of that because, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I agree with you there, Lee. It'd be worse than the Mick McCarthy appointment. Not because I, be, I believe Tony Pullis is a miles better manager than Mick McCarthy. Miles better. And if you gave me the choice of the two and we could only have the two, I would take Pullis every day of the week. But, but the reason I think it would be a worse appointment than the Mick McCarthy one is because it would show that we have not learned our lesson. We got our fingers burnt with McCarthy, but nothing but mis mismanagement. We got sold a, sold a dummy by his agent, linking him with the Celtic job. And then a day later, he'd signed a contract when he wasn't going to have a contract. He only had a contract till the end of the season. Sold a dummy by his agent in the papers, gave him a three-year deal or whatever it was. And he was horrendous. Um. That and the Russell Slade era were my two least favourite eras in in uh, recent memory. Tony Pulis, mind I got to say, with Tony Pulis, I don't want him to be manager. I don't think it would be a good choice. I think you know all the reasons why, but he's a Welshman. I also think he does play better football than what than what people give him credit for. Even what I've probably just given him credit for. However, I just think he's 64. He would want a lot of money. He'd want a bit of a budget. He'd want to bring in his own players. I just don't see it. I just think it's a big step backwards. Um, Lee says, we need to keep Pulis retired, side. It'd be worse than Mick McCarthy. Uh, Owen says, Pulis and uh, Mark Hughes always get on the media shortlist because they're Welsh. Can't see them coming would be a massive back backwards step. Um, yeah, I, I agree with, with that. I really do. Um, but there's also people out there who I would rather, if it came to a choice, I would take Pulis over them, which um, we'll get to in a minute, actually. Um, next on the list is Neil Warnock. And people might be surprised by what I'm going to say now. Um, i got so much respect for Neil Warnock. I love Neil Warnock. I think he's um, did a phenomenal job for Cardiff, and I thought they treated him quite badly in the end. Um, but, but I also, if you gave me the choice of Neil Warnock or Tony Pulis, I would probably prefer Tony Pulis, and that might surprise some people. Um, Neil Warnock's time at Cardiff is gone. He's retired as well, and I think he should probably stay retired. Um, but I I love Neil Warnock, but he's not the right 
not the right time, not the right fit, not anything. Like all of those players which we've just brought in, maybe one or two of them would fit into the way Neil Warnock wants to play and the way Tony Pulis would want to play as well, by the way. So I just think they would both be terrible options. Um, Geraint's put an interesting question. Could we be waiting for Forrest to sack Cooper? Interesting. Interesting. Um, I just... I rate him. I rate him really as a championship manager. I really do. Um, I've, I've also heard from many people that he's a bit of a prick. But that doesn't matter. I don't care about that. If he's a prick or not, doesn't really bother me. What matters to me is whether he do a good job at Cardiff. Done a tremendous job for Nottingham Forest. Under a lot of pressure from owners who were not afraid to get rid of a manager. Under a, a massive club with fans who want instant success and want to be back in the big time and, and all this. Very similar to Cardiff in some ways. Obviously, Forest have got a bit more history with European Cups and things like that. But like the pressure from the fan base and that is very similar, um, even if it's not quite as big. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Cooper wouldn't be the worst shout. I, I would take him over probably most of the people we've just talked about, in fairness. I think the only ones maybe I would prefer... Cooper and I don't even know I prefer I think um, he's at Forest now anyway, Forest a bit hit and miss in the Premier League which you'd expect so yeah we could be waiting for him um, I was looking at some managers who else we could be potentially waiting for who might have their you know maybe their job, I don't like to speculate about people losing their job or such but I'm going to do it anyway um, who could potentially be kind of in trouble um, who would be who Cardiff would maybe consider? Obviously, Middlesbrough in the bottom three. Chris Wilder um, has got a, a good reputation. I don't think he'd be a good fit for Cardiff, and I think you know he's. Uh, I think he's from kind of up Middlesbrough way as well. Um, Coventry, Mark Robbins. Mark Robbins is a was you know a couple of years ago, and even last year Coventry were doing so well, so so well. And they've just been kind of hurt a bit this year through the ground stuff. And I hope they stay up. But Mark Robbins is a highly rated ma uh, manager. Wouldn't be the worst choice, in my opinion. There's a cut, you know, it depends who's getting sacked. And like uh, Lee says, there, if Cooper came in, he couldn't bring Alan Tate with him as his number two. Yeah, you couldn't do that. Like, there's too much history there. Even like, I think if he was just an ex Jack, you can do it. You can do it. You know, Andy Legg, who I've got coming into the studio in a couple of weeks, um, is has shown you can you can do it. But with Tate, same as like Monk and and uh, the Scouse one, like they not just history of rivalry. They were really disrespectful and blah blah blah. They are hated. So there's no way he could come with him. And then it's a case of would Cooper want to come without his number two? Who knows? And like I said, he's you know he's at uh, he's at the old forest at the moment. Next on the list is uh, Sean Dyche at five to one. So Sean Dyche is a really really interesting one to me because um, 
he gets labeled as a kind of long ball merchant, um, similar to Tony Pulis and Mick McCarthy and all these, for lack of a better term, dinosaurs. But I, do, I don't put him in that bracket at all. He's only 50. Um, he's very structured in the way he goes about his management. But did a phenomenal job at Burnley. But you can only you can only manage what you've got. When you're on a budget, you kind of you only you can only play with what you've got. And he did, you know, the Burnley played some good stuff at certain times. He got got Burnley to seventh in the Premier League um when he signed his renewal with them. So, you know, they end they were in the Europa League, for God's sake. It's it's very, very interesting. But as always, Cardiff's lack of communication makes it very difficult. And also having no plan whatsoever after they abandoned their long-term plan makes no sense whatsoever. So the club is just kind of in a bit of a shambles at the moment. The only thing which I think does help Cardiff now is we have the international break now for a couple of weeks. And then I think there's three or four weeks till the World Cup break. So maybe a bit longer than that. I'd imagine they'll want a manager in place before the World Cup starts. But, uh, if Mark Hudson does a half-decent odd... If Mark Hudson does it all right as caretaker manager, is it unrealistic, especially with the board, that Mark Hudson could just stay manager until the World Cup break and then they'll try and sort it out where they've got a big, big break till January I don't think that's unrealistic, but it does probably depend on how Mark Hudson does as caretaker and also if he's happy to stay as caretaker for that long. Um, like Sean Dyche is the second favourite. He's the second favourite for a reason. But uh, like, would, would, my, would, would Sean Dyche be out of Cardiff's price range is the other question. I kind of think he... Might be, don't know, but it depends how much he, you know, these guys they want to get back in the Sean Dyche wants to get back in the game, um, and they could tempt him with a big win, like a promotion bonus or something. But, but Lee, like you said about the promotion bonus, there, this Cardiff squad has been built for a promotion push like next year or maybe the year after, like it's been built on like a three year plan. So any manager coming in now, in my opinion, would be really foolish to to take like a low wage with a big promotion bonus because the squad's not built for promotion this season. So it's not like someone, it's not like like Sean Morrison was failing miserably, uh, Steve Morrison, sorry, was, was failing miserably and that he just had to go, the board had to get rid of him quick because we, otherwise we're going to be in a relegation battle like what we were in the Harris or McCarthy, like he was building a project. So like a new manager comes in, it's not like a ready-made squad for promotion battle or playoff battle. Like, look, might happen, might, might happen, you know, another manager might get all these young players playing unbelievable stuff. I, they've already shown they can play some good stuff. Is Sean Dyche the man? I mean, I don't think he'd be a terrible appointment but I don't think he appeases the fan base at all. I said at the start, the two names who I thought would genuinely appease the majority 
of the fan base with their selection was either Craig Bellamy or Nathan Jones. I stick by that. In my opinion, Nathan Jones is the favourite. And in my opinion, I I don't think that Bellamy is in the running. I think he's probably happy working with Vincent Company. He's followed him to a couple of clubs. He's back in the game. And he's got a bit of history with the board. Would he work with this board? I'm not convinced he would, but I don't have any reason really other than my own speculation that he wouldn't. Which leaves Nathan Jones. I think it'll come down to whether they'll pay to have him released from his contract because you'd imagine that if Cardiff come knocking, Nathan Jones is going to want to come. He's he's a Cardiff fan. He's Welsh. He plays good football. He works on a budget. But I still think we need... It, it won't matter because he'll stay for two years and then get sacked. Doesn't matter. Any of those people, whoever it is, Sean Dyche, Neil Warner, whatever, Mark Hudson, Andy Barry, Michael Carrick, they'll come in two years, do a good job, do a bad job, whatever, be sacked. Start again, rip it up. No long-term plan, start again. Just abandon it. Don't care. And this is the problem with Cardiff. There's no one who is making the big decisions in the football club who has got football knowledge, experience, whatever you want to call it. Um. I forget who said it at the start, but the more I've thought about it, I think Sol Bamba as that go-between, as that buffer between the board and the team, I think could be really good. So if you've got like a Nathan Jones, he brings in his own team, you tell him for this year, he's got to work with the players that he's got. And then maybe in the summer, he can address some little, you know, one or two players where he needs to improve the squad. And then you bring in uh, a Sol Bamba or someone else who can work as that buffer, that go-between. The problem you've got, which has always been my issue with director of football-type role, is say you bring in like a Nathan Jones or a, a Bellamy or whoever, a Hudson, like a youngish manager. And you've got, or any any manager really, but if you bring in a manager and then you appoint Sol Bamba, say, as your director of football or whatever you want to call it, is the problem is any manager, when you've got a Sol Bamba or, or whoever in that role, any manager becomes infinitely easier to sack because you've got a ready-made person to step in who's the director of football. And that's why I've always not really liked that role, the, the actual director of football role. Now, if it's a different role, which is more as a go-between between the two rather than a director of football who's in charge of the manager and, and is like the manager's boss, if you like, like middle management, I suppose. Like, if that person, if, so say, Sol Bamba's there, but he's not middle management, so he's not, like, he is more, just literally, his job is to, to relay information between the two, have meetings with the two, what does the manager want? What does the board want? How can we do it? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it might be this very much the same role, the same job, but I just, I'd like it to be separate because I think it creates a problem which doesn't need to be created. Um, Donna says she doesn't care who it is now. I think, yeah, we know, Donna, you didn't like Steve Morrison. We know. But, I mean, I'd be interested to know, like, what your reaction was when you sang. And, like, apart from the 
after being happy. Like, were you shocked? Because it did, it just came so much out of the left field, just completely out of the left field. It was weird. Um, going back to the question I asked at the start, which was um, anyone who, who missed it, I said, what song over the years has given you like chills the first time you heard it? Any song, any genre, just something which is the first time you heard it gave you chills. Uh, so I said Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit, and The End by The Doors. Um, Matthew Angel said Hey Jude. Uh, Gaz says I Want to Be Adored by The Stone Roses. I like it. Um, so if anyone else wants to add any uh, sort of suggestions to that list, always welcome. And, and to finish off, um, as, uh, B, the BBC posted something this morning. Now, um, long-time viewers of the channel will know, and if you don't haven't watched them already, you can go and watch them. Uh, I did a three-part series uh, with the author of the, the book about Emiliano Sala. We also had him on the Andy Campbell show with us. Um, and we had, obviously, Mehmet Dalman. The first time we had Mehmet Dalman on, that show was largely dedicated to asking Mehmet Dalman questions about the Emiliano Sala tragedy. So today... Um, the BBC have uh, released, um, I don't know what you'd call it, it's uh, exclusively, David Ibbotson is heard in exclusively obtained audio by the BBC saying, I'll be wearing my life jacket on the journey from France to Wales. He told a friend he heard a bang on a previous flight and the plane crashed into the English Channel in 2019. It comes as footage which shows the last moments the pair were seen alive. Um it's harrowing and upsetting, I've got to say. And I find it disgusting that more people who were involved in that deal haven't been criminally charged for negligence or even worse. But in particular, um, Willie Mackay and his son, um, I honestly, until those two are held accountable for the role they paid played in people dying then as far as i'm concerned the case can never be closed i think it's i find it honestly it's, um it really upsets me uh i've kind of by default come to know the case pretty well and read some quite harrowing stuff about it because we interviewed the journalist who had investigated it from like in so much detail um and i found out so much from him that i didn't know and and his investigations and me and andy then questioned him in like a live interview and we spoke to Mehmet dalman and sort of got the cardiff side of things um and having read all that and it just look and obviously I'm a Cardiff fan as well, which means I was already, you know, upset by it and, and et cetera, because he was Emiliano Sala was linked with Cardiff, uh, signed for Cardiff and obviously linked with the club forever. Um, why isn't, why aren't more people, why aren't our stupid media, why aren't people calling for Willie Mackay uh, to be held accountable for these people's deaths? He indirectly directly whatever you want to say chartered these 
flights supposedly allegedly whatever you want to say there's a handful of people who knew that these airplanes were not fit for purpose and they did not give a shit didn't care because it was what was best or easiest for them so as far as i'm concerned fuck them and fuck everyone who tried to make a quick buck from this deal and fill their own pockets at the expense of people people's lives fuck them and i'll i will always say that until the day i die um lee says if the plane was that bad why the hell did ibbotson agree to fly at home dodgy plane wasn't qualified to fly at knife it's just shocking in every aspect yeah um yeah it's 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 just it enrages me lee um it really really does from every every aspect of it enrages me um and i know like fans from other clubs will use it to, as a stick to beat cardiff and slag us off and stuff um having read so much about it and spoken to some people with you know involved in it and who've investigated it i understand why cardiff have been so reluctant to pay it i do think now probably the time has come that they should pay it just just to move on as a football club but i understand why we haven't to this point i understand why we've questioned it um Alice, I just feel so sorry for the families involved. Um, and I hope that one day we'll see the likes of William Mackay held accountable and in a court of law for their roles in, the, you know, it's nothing to do with football. It's the deaths of uh, human beings. Like they need to be held accountable for their role because they did have a role, allegedly. They did. And um, it's time that all the people who had a role, whatever that role may be, held accountable. Um, guys, girls, um, going back just to finish off and close up to the the kind of job. My personal choice would my if I could pick, and like it was just up to me, and I could pick, I'd have Nathan Jones with Craig Bellamy as his assistant, but obviously Craig Bellamy is happy where he is at Burnley. So I'd imagine the only way he would come is to be the manager. So that's off the table. My first choice would probably be Nathan Jones. Um, I wouldn't be upset if Mark Hudson got the job from a continuity point of view. If Steve Morrison has been sacked and the issue is purely between Steve Morrison and the board, and it's got nothing to do with, you know, the the results and and the, the coaching staff and the rest of it. But I guess we'll find out soon enough. Um, they've got to get it right. They've got to get it right. Um, because the fan base is not happy at the moment. It was a shocking, shocking decision. So first and foremost, I think the board need to communicate with the fans give a little bit of an explanation as to why they sacked the manager so abruptly. And then they need to get the infrastructure maybe correct by having a director of football stroke buffer between the board and the team. 
and then they need to get the right manager in place, whoever that may be. Guys, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, as regular viewers know, like it's really, it is quite difficult doing the one man show. I was hoping I was going to get Rob Boyle on, but he hasn't read my message, which means he's busy. Um, it is really difficult to do a one man show because you're talking to yourself essentially. So it's very reliant on you guys dropping questions and 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 likes and all the and you know all the rest of it. I appreciate you massively. Um, please do check out all the good stuff tomorrow at uh, eight o'clock. Is Roger Giggs on football where we talk about all the football news from the, the week? I'm sure we'll touch on the Cardiff stuff again, but we'll also be talking about the Premier League, the Championship, Champions League, whatever. Well, all the big news. Um, that is live on Patreon for members. If you can sign up, if you can spare, like I think it's 250 a month, you get all sorts of exclusive stuff and rewards, keeps the channel going. You get to watch the Roger Gig show live. You get to watch the big debate live, which is out next week, the first episode for you guys or what the main channel, non-members, whatever you want to say. Um, but it really does keep the channel going, allows me to keep working and going to Eat Sleep Media to film shows. I'm going to film one on Friday uh, with a Welsh boxer. And then next week, I'm going to film one with a Cardiff City legend who I mentioned earlier. Um, so please, 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 if you can, sign up. Addresses right here, patreon.com slash ace podcast nation for the price of a cup of coffee. Help a brother out. And if we get enough signups in the next couple of weeks, new ones, what I'll do is I'll bring back a championship show in some form um, to the main channel or whatever. But uh, until then, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you. Don't forget to share and stuff so people can watch it back. Um, but yeah, good night. God bless all that sort of stuff. All that jazz, be real. Sports Social Podcast Network.